Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, men and women, non-conformers and non-believers, gender X and gender equals, welcome to Eat the Storms. I am your host, Damien B. Donnelly, and thank you so much for joining me here today, tonight, or whenever it is on your side of time. Last week's show was a celebration of everything prickly and perfect with a cast of hedgehog poets. But this week, as we slip from shorts into scarves, from sunshine into a faint glimmer of snows, we are celebrating journeys, movements, changes. Adaptations that time requests of us to keep up, to keep going. Today on the show, I will be joined by four poets and they will share with us their journeys, both literal and the ones their minds have had to adapt to. We will travel from Dunedin to Berlin through Austin, Texas, with a hint of Australia and coming back then here to Dublin via a stop off in Leitrim while the sun sets, light passes, snow falls and we remember those we've said goodbye to who we weren't able to hold forever. So I'm going to start us off now and read a poem from my debut collection, Eat the Storms, published by the Hedgehog Poetry Press. This poem is called At the Setting of the Yellow Sun and tells the story of a journey beginning and another coming to its end. I held your hand in a taxi once while thinking of another. As you whispered into my ear a sound I don't remember. A scent, now a breath away. I can't hold everything anymore. I recall the yellow light yearning to hold its own innocence, stretching through the open window. Burning hands still holding on to a truth that had turned away from white. I remember the highway that hurried us out of this city as I wondered if I'd packed enough hope for us both. But I can't hold everything anymore. The elastic cannot be recoiled. The weight was too wretched for just one heart. I reach for that plant pot with its purple petal planted long ago in a garden I'm returning to. A garden where I will sit and watch the dance of the dandelions till the yellow sun has ascended. Where I will empty all the jam jars of their collected lies and draw the sound of the moon at last. And now it's time to welcome a guest to the show. And our first guest today comes all the way from Dunedin in New Zealand. Her work has been featured in poetry publications, including Glottis, Trout, Southern Ocean Review, and also the Poetry Society of New Zealand anthologies. 
Her first three collections called Feeding the Dogs, Made for Weather and Born to a Red-Headed Woman were all published by the Otago University Press and Feeding the Dogs was the winner of the Jessie McKay Best First Book Award in 2003. Her latest collection with another stunning cover art by Michael D. Cook is entitled Upturned and published by the Cuba Press. Along with poet Jenny Powell, the duo travel around New Zealand as Jay and Kay Rowling sharing poetry with rural communities. In fact, I asked Kay here today because this week I saw a post on Twitter from our mutual friend and colour giver Liz Cowburn of the website Exploring Colour about the cancellation of one of Kay's readings due to storms. And I thought, well, surely a podcast called Eat the Storms is not going to be affected by any stormy disturbances. So please settle down to three poems all the way from Aotearoa by Kay Mackenzie Cook. Kia ora, Kay Mackenzie Cook, a New Zealand poet reporting in from my city of Dunedin. It is indeed my pleasure to be invited by Damien to join the Eat These Storms poetry readings. I'm going to read from my fourth collection of poetry, published by the Cuba Press. It is called Uptuned, which has turned out to be a rather apt title for these strange times. It feels a little like I am literally eating the storms today, as it's snowing where I live. A spring snow, an unseasonal shock. And I was also eating the storm yesterday when the snows began because I was on my way to do a poetry reading further south from where I live, but had to turn back because of the snow. And this is the second time this particular reading has been cancelled the first time because of COVID. So I was particularly grateful for this opportunity to join Damien's poetry venture with the chance it has offered to do some reading of my poetry. And through the wonders of Twitter, Damien learned of my plight and this abandoned poetry reading and kindly invited me to join his Eat the Storm podcast, which I am more than happy and indeed honoured to be asked and to take his offered helping hand reaching out to me around midnight New Zealand time. I want to begin uh, by reading a poem about houses on the hills, uh, houses that I can see from my window when I look across to the other side of the little valley um, where the houses are squatting down on the hills and... uh, inspiring this poem called Eved Things. On suburban hills under Dunedin's fickle skies, the houses take whatever is dished out, sitting there like bonnets, kettles, frogs, shoes, lost or flung pieces from Monopoly. Such little eved things Easy pickings, like apples or eggs, able to be plucked still warm from sunlight or feathers. What wild joy keeps them? What kind engineered worlds? And the second poem is one that I've written about Berlin. I've had occasion to 
visit Berlin three or four times now and spend some time there with my son and his wife and their two small children. And um, a section of my collection is uh, an assortment of Berlin poems inspired from that those visits that I've made there. This particular poem I've called Closing In and it's about winter coming, a season that Berliners are not fond of at all because the winters over there can be very, very hard and cold and they virtually have to remain indoors for a lot of it. Closing in. The woman with the short, short hair and brown eyes the colour of patience. The one who was born in Poland, who writes poetry, whose favourite poet is Michael Longley, is not looking forward to winter. Berlin winters are brutal, she tells me, as we watch the children, her son, my granddaughter, play late afternoon in one of the many playgrounds flung like wide sandpits under horse chestnut trees, now giving up their leaves to fall onto the tops of long tables, where in summer, on Fridays after work, workers gather to play table tennis and drink beer, except today their weekend triumph is slowly sinking into a winter closing in, and nothing can be done about it. The third and final poem I'll read is also seasonal. It's uh, called Early Plum, and it's about the handover of winter to spring, which is happening right now for us down here. The opposite to what's happening to you in Ireland, where it's beginning to be autumn. So from our spring. Here is a poem called Early Plum. Hard to think, isn't it, of new ways to greet something this fresh that presses and springs again? Nothing remains of it, so let us let go of winter with its close dark. And like the magnolia and early plum, let us blossom, open our arms, our hearts, and go on to where the chopping wind makes kindling out of any hope of calm. Let us go into this clamour of sun. Well, thank you, Damien, for accommodating this Antipodean. I wish you well for your collection, Eat the Storms. Your energy and creativity is like a breath of fresh air blowing through the poetry world. I've enjoyed your seeing your videos and reading your tweets and I am intending on buying your book because I've heard you read your poems and I've read your poems as well online and am, am an admirer of your wonderful poetry. So your breath of fresh air has reached the far ends of the earth here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. So, and thank you again for including me in your ever-increasing sweep of poets. So all the best. Kia ora nā mihi aroha nui. Thank you, all the best and lots of love.
And following on from the snow and suns and seasons turning, I'm going to read a poem now of mine that was published in the winter 2018 edition of Scribe Base. This poem is called Slow Falling. Snow falls behind the glass. Beyond the reflections this window cannot see. Snow, soft as the soul, a canvas of white fleeting purity, as pure as that first kiss, always caught, never captured. Slow falls the first snow, as fine as feathered fragility, like that first time as tender as it was terrifying the feeling of discovery the fear of being discovered slow comes the season and we are seasonal and we too are seized were we not yesterday daisies dancing on hilltops Spring in our step and blind to the slope. Were we not once sensory below the sun? Bonds burning along bodies bare. But now, beneath the snow, red rains regal. Infants eyeing the skies, hushed and hopeful before the innocence falls from belief falls like this snow, this frozen miracle already melting hearts we've had to hide from the cold, and we can be cold, like the morning's first breath beneath the crippling clutch of winter, when his touch is too far to find. Slow falls the snow beyond the glass, beyond the shattered reflections of a world of riots and reactions. Slow falls the snow, and I think of peace, and of people parading under its hush of hope. snow falls and I wonder how it would feel to have a season of slow falling peace. For our next guest, we are moving up from New Zealand and jumping continent to land slap bang in Austin, Texas in the United States. This poet was born and raised in Australia, but since an early age has travelled widely across five continents, stayed for extended periods in England, Ireland, Germany, Ukraine, and is now finally based in the United States. His poems have appeared in The New Ulster, Glasgow Review of Books, Headstuff, Transnational Literature and the Newcastle Poetry Prize Anthology 2017. His books include Preparations for Departure, 
Distance, Urban Exile and his latest collection, On Belonging, published by Recent Work Press. I first met him at the Doolin Writers Retreat in January of this year, before movement became something to be held in the memory. When we spent an inspiring, instructive and most of all creative Sunday morning on a poetry pilgrimage along the coasts as the waves crashed and the storms waved above us. This is Nathaniel O'Reilly. Hello, my name is Nathaniel O'Reilly. I'm an Irish Australian residing in Texas. I teach creative writing at the University of Texas at Arlington. Damien's invited me onto his podcast today, and I'm going to read three poems from my most recent full-length poetry collection, Unbelonging, which was published in May 2020 by Recent Work Press out of Canberra, Australia. The first poem I'm going to read for you is entitled Your Gaze. Yesterday, I found a photograph taken in 1988 on an oval after school. You wore a green tartan skirt, a white blouse, black stockings, a bottle green blazer and black Clark's school shoes. Your gaze ignores the camera, focuses on the plains north of school where we roamed on winter afternoons until twilight, watched rabbits bound towards their burrows and kangaroos descend upon the creek to drink. The plains where sheep grazed upon lush grass while we lay together in a hollow sheltered from the westerly. Your auburn hair curtaining our faces apricot scent of shampoo in my nostrils, your tongue in my mouth, hands inside my woolen jumper, the plains erased from the map in 99, when bulldozers scraped the landscape, destroyed all vegetation, and the new suburb was erected. Cul-de-sacs, boulevards, courts, crescents, quarter-acre blocks, brick veneer houses, colour fences, concrete footpaths and the backyard pools. In the photograph, your gaze writes an invisible history only we can read. The second poem I'm going to read for you is entitled As He Lays Dying. This is in memoriam for my grandfather, Peter George O'Reilly, who passed away in 2017, about six months short of his 90th birthday. In another hemisphere, across half a continent and an ocean, my grandfather lies dying. I am unable to hold his hand, kiss his forehead, share a long neck of carton draft, say, remember when your bull almost gored me at Timboon? I should have listened to you and stayed on the tractor. My daughter loves the painting of the galah you gave her last time we visited before we had to put you in the home. The Girardery letter is pure Irish bush poetry. I often recall the taste of the molasses you gave me from the bucket in the dairy after milking at Timboon. You never told me your favourite Slim Dusty song. I never cared that I didn't catch any fish when you took me fishing at Logan's Beach. I just wanted to watch you cast out beyond the breaking waves, reel in whiting after whiting as if they were waiting for you to bring them home. I always admired the way you broke the necks of the kittens we found in the hessian sack beside the rubbish bin in the beach car park. You were stoic in your mercy, but I saw the tear before you erased it with the back of your sun-damaged hand. And the third poem 
I'm going to read for Damien's podcast is entitled Beach Ballet. In the midst of an Irish heatwave, lying on a longboard in the swale at La Hinch, chatting with a Paul Kelly lookalike between sets, I look over my right shoulder towards the beach and watch a tween girl catch a wave, rise to her feet, balance gracefully, knees bent, arms wide and relaxed, ride all the way to the shallows before stepping lightly off the side of the board into knee-deep foam. The girl's ride is almost complete before I recognize her as my daughter, just 20 minutes into her first lesson, adapting, evolving, becoming herself. Thanks for listening. And while we make our way across the Atlantic from Austin, Texas, all the way to Ireland, I am going to read a poem that was inspired by a Yeats prompt a few years ago. And this poem is about the salmon and souls that made their way upstream, off, out and across the seas in the hope of salvation. This poem is called Salmon Dancers. And so swim the salmon against the rising stream. Foam flushing against fin as falcons fly overhead in the fight for freedom. Destiny is not a dance that can long be distracted. Shiny specks of silver dancing, darting. Born to beat back, born to wage against the rushing water as they make their way out west. And so swim the salmon, a long corroded current of Connacht, Atlantic sojourn, a shore still swaying in the shadow of ancient songs, when soul set off for security overseas. Burdened boats, battened down with the beaten and the broken, culled like cattle in the rain. Boats with barons and fiddlers, Singing and dying to dreams of a new world. Already mourning the old lands. Home lands they'd been swept from. Kept from. And so swim the salmon as storms rage. As they battle onwards these salmon dancers. Skating on the waters, leaving trickles like stones once tossed by hands now lost. Tracks to follow for others who'll follow, like others have followed as others who've fallen, their faces now faded. And so swim the shining salmon, 
off into the world with the sound of home in every stroke. And slowly the journey begins to circle back to where it began on the shores of Ireland. I was first introduced to the work of this poet during lockdown. Catherine Anne Cullen, poet in residence at Poetry Ireland, created a daily poetry prompt which inspired many writers to pick up the pen and distract their intentions during those early difficult days of living with Covid. Our next poet was and still is one of the shining lights of that group that picked up the challenge. What is incredible about her writing, as she will explain herself, is that she had not considered herself a poet and had not written in years. She is a visual music artist and researcher. She creates visuals for new music and electronic music concerts. The meaningfulness that she seeks in her work is to explore the emotional, musical and evocative potential of music in a shared, similarly crafted visual world. When you hear her read her poems, you will realise that she is an all-round artist, and I must mention that her daily poems also came with the most incredible artwork to match. This is Maura MacDonald, and you can find her at visualmusic.blogspot.com or on Twitter at Sounding Visual. My name is Maura MacDonald. I started writing poetry at the beginning of lockdown when I by chance came across a poetry prompt on Twitter by poet-in-residence Catherine Ann Cullen. Catherine put up the prompt and it felt like a gentle invitation when I read, write on this theme and you are welcome to tweet your work here. Those two things, the invitation and the welcome, triggered something in me, re, hey, I would love to have a go. And so I did. The surprise for me was the lovely poetry community that formed of daily writing by, by poets such as Damien, Robin, Karen, Marie, Chandrika and many more. And there was an amazing sharing of poems united by Catherine's thematic and single word prompts. That community and encouragement that kept me going to engage in writing a poem each day based on her prompts. I did realise, though, that I did write all my life. I just actually didn't name it as such. I would like to share, therefore, three poems with you that I wrote during uh, lockdown. There is a shape to these poems, a theme, you could say, a kind of journey. In the first, I focus on the leaf. It was the third poem I wrote in lockdown, and it was spring, and I long for safety. The final poem was actually written last week, where I focus on autumn. Life is different now, winter is coming, and I long to see the positive in the darkness looming. And in between, I've chosen a poem that I wrote about a memory of my childhood moving to a townland in County Leitrim. Writing poems brought me on journeys, little mini journeys, and helped me to look at things with a view to identifying a little piece of meaning, a shape, as it were, and that helped a lot. Poem one. Behold a mantle. Imagine a cloth of gossamer thread, woven with strings of gold, floating above and across your head, like a leaf that wants to unfold. A shelter to call from a tree that let go to a branch that you can no longer hold. 
This mantle full of space and living breath can carry the heavy load. As a lightness descends, a colour takes flight and your day can now unfold. Poem 2 Coolmore Shelter Coolmore, townland of the big wood, oak trees of the past downtrodden now, rooted into the blanket of land sloping to the bog lake, no shore, just a deep cut into the soft brown turf. The slopes of Sleeve and Liren in the distance on a sunny day, its iron drips into the watery ditches. Heather long ago burned to parcels of fields reclaimed, marked territories leave lattice traces and remnants of busy laneways under ditches of birch and hawthorn. Scattered stones near overgrown springs where busy homes once near had their nourishment. A deep pink rose bush at the top of the hill where a fragrant presence of kindness lingers. The hedge from the hedge school intact sounds, stands tall and proud at the bend in the road where the blacksmiths used to be that left bits of horseshoes and drains and ditches. Ghosts of communities coming together, working the land, making the hay, moving the cattle, fighting the black and tans. One family helping the other till the famine came and the emigration ship. Some families here go way back when, and others are blowing 50 years there now. Descendants return and new families established. A weaving continues from past to present, the community closeness and the beauty of a Coolmore shelter. Poem 3 In the avenue of yellow there is a turning. Hints of yellow, ochre, rust and red in the photosynthesis cell, the leaf is on its journey down, ready to head for the ground. It has had its days in the sun and its moments of carefree fun. Now it has a new role to shed itself from the tree. The tree has to let go its leaf to honour the days of summer and hibernate in its darkness in energy conservation. A hive of healing and repair at work from branch to bow to root. The darkness is not a fear thing but potentiality of future growth. Just before the letting go, the cassophony of yellow can show that there is a joy in allowing nature to be ready to let new things grow. Letting go is part of moving forward into the new future time, through the incubation of winter to its invisible dying to new life. So let us celebrate the cycles of nature in seasons, tides and personal growing. Those yellow moments are in every day and in all cycles of time. It makes way for time for sowing. And suddenly it is time for our last guest who is a Dubliner like me, although this poet now resides in Cavan. 
Her first collection came out in February of this year called Living With Love and her second collection entitled Time, a collaboration between herself and a local photographer, came out on Culture Night Ireland on the 18th of September this year. It is a reflective collaboration of 15 poems and 16 photographs looking at life and its aches and losses during lockdown. Poet Fidel Hogan-Walsh has performed all around Ireland, including the Interactive in Dublin, Next Chapter and the Monaghan Arts Festival. Photographer Julie Corcoran has had her work featured in the Arts Unlocked Imagine Together exhibition, Culture by Candlelight and at the Artist Anne Gallery in Belfast and Hamley and Hamley in Enniskillen. You can buy their book at www.eprint.ie and it is called Time. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Fidel Hogan-Walsh. Thank you so much, Damien, for inviting me on to Eat the Storms. Thrilled to be able to read a selection of my poems from our new book that launched on the 18th of September 2020, Culture Night. Time is the fruit of a lockdown project undertaken between March and June 2020 by myself, Fidel Hogan-Walsh, poet, and conceptual photographer, Judy Corcoran. The end result is a beautiful full-colour book entitled Time that reflects on the human condition during unprecedented times. The theme of my poems reflect on the word time or a sense of time through COVID-19. Judy's imagery have ties to the poems they accompany on the pages. They also have a life of their own, which is shown through their own titles. The first poem I'm going to read is called Faithless. Old hurt and pain, words of love thrown aside. Butterflies with teeth gnawing away at a soul of squandered emotions. Exposed to those razor sharp bites, never to be whole, always broken. A last dream flashes through the dark of the night of the man he might have been. His pauper's heart buried in the forgotten depths of silence. No forgiveness in a world of goodwill. Time has come to collect his last breath. It's the warmth of a stranger's prayer that finally sets him free. The second poem is called The Brave. I looked for you among the clouds, searched the world for you, wished upon the stars, dreamed for you. Hectic lives running against different clocks, true feelings ignored. When the storm of isolation hit, it was you, my best friend, who saved me. A calm serenity in the chaos of uncertainty and that kiss. In extraordinary times, it takes the brave to be in history's love story. Damien, this is my last poem. This one is called 2020 Memories. Blinded in a winter's dread, no prophet foresaw. Spring's new life erupted into a chaos of fear. Desolation replaced the warmth of a hog. Children banished from our everyday lives. Ah, the blessings. A swift journey home, 
to the unexpected happiness under one roof. Chatter, laughter, a family enduring dark days, come what may. Time, the pickpocket of memory stood still, watching new ways of keeping our spirits alive, to be remembered, cherished, lost moments recaptured before summer's end. An invisible killer started a war, so much pressure on our front line, but it would be love and stay at home that had their backs. Death came at a fast pace, isolation the enemy of a treasured last cry. Grief mourned in silent lockdown. And now, the road to healing, shattered hearts and souls begins. Thank you. And somehow it's already time for the final poem. Today's final poem that I'm going to leave you with is entitled You and was featured in the inaugural issue of the Famidan Journal, which came out last month. This poem tells the tale of that secret place behind the word, beneath the sentence, within the book, where we bury the secrets we've found along the road and store all the sensations that we aren't quite yet ready to let go of. I hid your name between a word. I put this word into a line crammed with so much content where you'd disappear behind the Santex and then, just in case, I tucked this line into a story that unfolded over time into a tale that would tell of a book that someone once lost on the wrong beach while waiting for the right wave to take them out to where there was nothing but the depths of that deep blue. I hid you in a word, in a line, in a story that told a tale in a book. Then I placed you, the smallest part of you, into a bigger hole, like I was reconstructing an onion, like I was resealing a Russian doll inside all her bigger sisters, and every now and then I steal moments while they sleep and sink into a chair, into the book behind the tale within the story until I come across the line and reach around and find you there still tucked in tight behind that word where I kept your name
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, men and women, non-conformers and non-believers, gender X and gender equals, the journey for this episode has unfortunately come to an end. A huge thank you for joining me here on National Poetry Day 2020, at least that's the day this episode first aired. A huge thank you to all my guests, Kay Mackenzie Cook, Nathaniel O'Reilly, Maura McDonnell, Fidel Hogan-Walsh and Julie Corcoran. If you have any comments or inquiries about the artists or anything else, or if you want to share something with me or me to share something with the listeners, our email address is eatthestorms at yahoo.com. I am Damien B. Donnelly. This has been Eat to the Storms. You have been awesome. Next week's poets are already lined up and waiting in the socially distant wings. So until then, stay safe, stay well, and most importantly, stay bloody poetic. <laughs>